what is another this? podcast so many in a row that we have done <laughs> what i'm not even familiar what are we doing uh recording our words people our aren't literally aren't going to recognize this because you have a fancy new podcast microphone and so they'll be like what is this is this the scratchy guy uh, are you hearing me? This is the new thing we do where we do an audio check at the beginning of our episode. <laughs> oh, actually, this complete. is the stupid thing is recording with my MacBook mic, so I'm going to change it. Oh, really? You sounded good. Maybe it's just the like it's a oh, now you can't hear anything. Now you sound bad because I still can't hear anything. Oh, now you sound very quiet. How about now? Still quiet. Do I need to like eat the mic? Maybe. It's weird. This doesn't sound as good as the the other one. Hold on. How about now? It's getting better, yeah. Now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Better. Warmer. Warmer or it sounds good? Sorry. Though? No, gooder. Full audio. <laughs> More improved. Jeez, I've just had to like turn the mic volume way up from previous uh You're still not as loud as Mac mic volume how about now yeah that's probably now, good now i'm good are you sure this is gonna be hilarious to listen to i wonder maybe even a little bit higher because it will be bad like i can't hear me and you can't hear you so we both have to describe what we think the other one's loudness might be so that we can sound like this is a conversation okay well i've turned it almost all the way up so hopefully this is good enough word We'll see. I'm I wonder not, if mine is mine's probably on Mac stupid thing anyway too. I'm not. Yep. Yep. Look at. How come we've never played with the background music? Test test one two. You sound you sound beautiful. Now I sound. Do I sound any different? I just changed my mic. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to the before and after. <laughs> you didn't hear a word. It's. Wow, where do you get background music from? If you go into the brand section, there's a bunch of shitty. I like this. It really fits with your Zen and the art of inconsistent league form. Welcome. This is Skylar's new handjob spa that he's opening. (laughs) Get your get yourself undressed. Welcome to Sensations. (laughs) Put on. Put on the, the little single-use underwear that's made out of recycled socks from the single-use try-on socks bin at uh, Bayless Shoe Source. Would you like to try some of our uh, lemon water that's actually just Poland Spring with some of the like lemon-flavored stevia poured into it? Uh, absolutely. You know what I do like at a spa is like when they just have that big old jug that they probably never clean of just cucumbers and orange slices and lemons. And it's like by that, like, you know, what I really like actually is when they do it in a hotel lobby and everyone has gotten water as soon as they came in the hotel. And so by the end, it's just like this weird, like it's somewhere between lemonade and an old fashioned. And it's just sitting in a lukewarm jug at a Marriott. I enjoy that. Wait, so you, you, you like that? this is that's good for me where it's like it's like half watered down juice and then like a little bit ice that tastes like chlorine from the pool it, i feel like you're doing a bit where you're 
just someone who's like reminiscing about something, trying to relate with another person, and it's something that nobody does. Like, you ever go to for like a massage, and then they just put Kit Kats on your chest <laughs> and on your belly button, and wait, wait, it starts to melt, and then start rubbing it around. <laughs> That would be a better bit than the bit that I was doing, I guess. Would what? I don't even sure if it counts as a bit. Um, but you you don't get all those references. You didn't know what I mean by the uh, single use panties that they give you at the massage place. I mean, I get it from having gone to like like therapeutic massage and like time massage places, but not really like I, I didn't know if that was. Like I think we gotta. Difference. I think we gotta cut out this. Uh, this music now because they're dropping like eight oh do you hear like they they're like adding eight oh eights or is that my neighbors? I have neighbors in town. They I think they literally just come to London for the holidays and they own an apartment here. And then they come to London from like, you know, December twenty third through like the first week of January and scream. All they do is yell. In in British? I don't know. It's like they're not even yelling words. It's just emotions. They're like, Rah! so that's so Italian. <laughs> yeah, I was guessing Russian actually. Okay. Well, so I, Albanian, which is the mix of Russian and Italian. Do you you listen to the Stavros podcast, right? I do. So when you went for Albanian, was that like a reference to his best friend, Elvis? Elvis, yeah. I mean. I probably have Albania on my mind a lot more than I would without him. But to be fair, I visited Albania before I had ever even heard of a Stavros or an Elvis. And uh, I think it's a lovely place, unlike Stavros Alpheus. I, I wish that I didn't have to name the podcast episode in advance, because this one would definitely be called Albania on my mind. <laughs> I got Albania on my mind. What is on, oh, what is on your mind, Jeff? I think we really do have to kill this music now. <laughs> you know, like, it feels like we're in like a JRPG and we just went to the mall on a radio. Yeah. Day. I'm also, I'm just over here stalling before I give you the bad news to say that your audio is still fucked. You should go is back it? to the, it's like worse now. I don't know why. What could this be? This is I an don't expensive know. microphone. All right, hold on. I actually have a, a sound box. Let me see if I can turn that up. I'll start talking. What should I talk? Oh, you know what I'll talk about? I'll vamp on this. So last night I attended not a football match, but a football show, a, a West End show called Dear England. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. Do I sound better? Now you sound good. Yeah, okay, yeah. I just turned up. I have like a, a mechanical box. Let's, oh, shit. It's going to be great visual for the pod, but it's like... Can't see uh, like what it's like a mixing box thing noise whatever all of this is going to happen offline once next time but to be fair we haven't done this podcast since 1921 so this is all new to us it was the carter administration <laughs> it was a simpler time it was a stagflationy time stagflation hey you don't remember stagflation from economics class i never it's took key. economics class Oh wow! I took a lot. I took weirdly a lot of economics class, but stagflation not fun. That's not what you want for your economy at all. Is it? Is it? By the way, I, do I sound okay? You promise? Now you sound good. How much of this podcast am I going to be really angry about? Um, the first seven minutes, approximately. <laughs> I didn't speak 
up earlier. I well, I did kind of. We did. <laughs> it's literally the only reason anything changed. <laughs> all right, we should just cut. We should just cut everything and say, "All right, well, hey," and start from here. Nice. All right. Uh, there's been Ooh. there's been a lot of uh, footy that's happened in the last seems like five weeks since we last did a podcast. Yep, a lot. So much actually. I looked at this, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself as always. But United only have three games in like until February 1st. So like this month, you guys have three more matches. Whereas like, I feel like every English team has just played about 20 matches in between Christmas and New Year somehow. Well, Strange it helps, times. It helps if you've been knocked out of all of the other additional tournaments and cups. Uh, like a sailing. fox. Like a fox. Um, so so basically, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, the theme is uh, Jeff expressing some some version of happiness, muted or <laughs> more potent happiness, and then me basically going full like Rodney Dangerfield meets Larry David meets uh, uh, Lydia from Beetlejuice, uh, all about how United have been utter shit and. Today will be no different uh, than that. But uh, the most interesting news that I think we should start with, because it Boom. kind of frames everything up, is that uh, in the time since we've last potted, uh, United have announced that uh, the Glazer family has sold 25% uh, of their holdings, and as well, the, the rest of the people that own shares in Manchester United have sold 25% of their holdings to uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe. Ineos. Uh, so the the title on the marquee says Ineos, not Audios. And that Very was Very clever, not, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, it wasn't that good, but it's what I had uh, <laughs> in that moment. But but so what does this mean? Well, we wanted the Glazers to be ousted entirely. It's not going to happen anytime soon. But what is... Yeah, sorry, not to cut you off, but like the, the math that you just said there. So... The Glazers still have 75% of what they used to own? Oh, uh, yeah, of what they used to own, which was 60-something percent of the entirety of United. Oh, so, wow. So, now they have like so they're still like the majority owners. They're still majority owner, but also the... So I will, I'll go through sort of my bastardized version of my understanding sure. of this deal. But it's like 1 point something, 1.2 billion pounds for 25%. Uh but there's also 300 million or so that Sir Jim Ratcliffe is investing into the the structure of the of the company that is Manchester United that could be money that goes towards making very much needed Old Trafford repairs. Yeah. Uh, and and other Doesn't that also have like a FFP twist if I remember correctly where it's like a no, I mean, uh, but I don't think this money money helps helps us FFP wise for transfers. But but okay. regardless What's unusual about this is that uh, Sir Jim and Ineos are minority owners, but yet they negotiated in the deal to take over all football uh, administration from the Glazer family. So basically, just how it's going to work from now on, because this is now what the deal that has been agreed on, uh, the Glazers are on the board as they've been, but now Sir Jim has two other people that are representing him on the board. I think it's Sir Dave Brailsford and 
Jean-Claude Blanc. I'm, I may be ma- I'm getting that wrong. It's but, clearly a fake French name. No, it's real. He's, he used to be the boss at uh, Juventus and PSG, two uh, clubs that have never I've had any question of ill repute or poor... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good bookkeeping. That's what they're yeah. known for, right? <laughs> but basically, and then there will be this board that sort of sets the budget for the year. And once the Glazers agree to a budget, which will be like X dollars plus however much money you bring in in sales, uh, that will be the transfer budget and the wage budget for the year. As soon wow. as that is set, there is no more Glazer involvement or approval in who gets brought in or who gets uh, shipped out, which... You know, we still have Anthony Martial on this team because Joel Glazer really liked him. He was like yeah. a real fan of Anthony Martial, so he's here like four years past his expiration date. This sounds so succession-y, where it's like they haven't quite made a decision. They've just set up another season of bickering. Like, but no, but but so it's that's not the case. So like we will be making more prudent football decisions because football people are being brought in as we speak. Like, Oh yeah. The the fact that this uh, Jean-Claude Blanc guy is replacing, uh, I was getting Murtaugh confused with the other guy. Uh, the guy who, Oh no, I dude, I think that this is an improvement. Clearly like you've brought in Juventus as head money launderer, but like, like, that just shows what, how bad it was before, Be, right. you know. Like, but then the next step is to bring in multiple people in in the uh, hierarchy. Like, we're we're talking to uh, not only the okay. current head of Newcastle, which is Dave, Dave Ashworth. Is that his name? Uh, yes. White guy names. Well, I was going to say Ashworth for sure, but yeah. So, but he's only been at Newcastle for like a year and a few months, perhaps. Uh, but he's the one who built out Brighton from the ground up, and is the reason that they suddenly were like a, a identifying talent factory. Uh, and and already you've seen Newcastle's made mostly good purchases, like their Bruno Guimaraes yeah. and their Isaks are like paying off. Wait, but is that definitely happening? Is that a rumor you're getting him? That's a rumor. Uh, oh, okay. that, that's the type of person that's being brought in in that role for the entire time that I've been a Manchester United fan. Uh, like basically once David Gill left, it's been, you know, Glazer, Banker, Stool Pigeon has had that role uh, ever since. So like the fact that actual football people that will be making decisions of like when to get rid of talent, when to sell youth prospects to get to maximize the income stream from that, uh, how to have a better scouting network to identify talent when they're younger and cheaper versus waiting until we're paying 80 million pounds for a 25 million pound player, like talent identifying, having a singular philosophy. So, so the, so that each new manager that would come in is a similar type of manager that will yeah. appreciate the pool of players that they already have. Like I could keep rambling on about this, but like we've had to do without that. It's just been fire hose of our own income being thrown at problems, not like thoughtful solutions. So this will take a few years, but ideally this is the end of us being like a joke with how we do business. I mean, it all of that does sound like a huge improvement, but there isn't any part of you that worries. Like if, if to me, it almost has the feeling of like a coalition government, you know, like on some level, like, 
I don't know. I don't know anything about corporate law or whatever, but it just seems like there's going to be a way for the Glazers to keep fucking you, basically. You don't think so? No, no. So at this point, it's. I think it's pretty easily explained why why they didn't sell fully to uh, Qatar, who would, who I think technically placed a richer bid uh, than mm. than what Sir Jim's is like prorated as, but but basically it was the the oh maybe there's gonna be a super league that we're still gonna do, and oh. we still own a big chunk of Manchester United when that comes in and a billion in profit comes in, we're gonna get a big chunk of that. Oh, wow. Uh, so I think that they are trying to linger around for that. It, it was either Qatar blows us out of the water with something that's exponents more than the club's valued, or we linger just long enough to get that Super League money, or Sir Jim, like, if, if they think that the club will continue to appreciate and value, then Sir Jim will have to pay even more to buy the rest of it. Uh, there is There are clauses in this deal that basically say... If somebody else comes in at a later date and offers a lot of money for the whole thing, Sir Jim has to sell his minority shares at a pre at, at that rate. So, like, if somebody if Qatar comes in, in I think it's like in the next three years, it may okay. be no, no sooner than a year or so from now, a year and a half from now, but like up to like three or so years from now, Qatar could basically come in and say we'll pay a billion more than the certain gym rate and the Glazers can go. Okay. And the contract basically already auto pilots. So like somebody else, like Qatar could own this club in two years, which is kind of a really crazy loophole to notice. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I like, which is so funny. Cause I feel like they basically almost just did that bid, which <laughs> is insane. Um, but okay. I mean, I really like when I say that it's succession, -y, I mean it in, the most complimentary terms, at least in terms of my entertainment, where I would love like the <laughs> the Amazon all or nothing of just just behind the scenes. Uh, you know, like hopefully there'd be as little footage of Manchester United playing football as possible in the show. But hey, zing. Agreed. <laughs> Watch out, zing, zing. All right, but like that's kind of crazy, right? Because I don't know if it will change my sad post-match reactions for the rest of this podcasting season. But, like, yeah. like we might start to see players leave that I thought we were stuck with forever. We may start to, to see interesting decisions being made that you or I would make, but that we wouldn't mm. expect United to make with any form of competency. Speaking of interesting decisions vis-a-vis -vis who's going in and out, how do you think this affects um, Eric Ten Hag and his role at the club? If anything, I almost would rather answer this question after we fight our way through the match reactions because uh, the reason why I will answer this question the way I answered it is predicated upon sort of how the last four matches have gone, which has been all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> so, all over the place. So All you, right. If you don't mind, can we park? Let's nickel back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've got you've got two tickers here: big points at Liverpool and Aston Villa, big disgusting losses at West Ham and Forest. <laughs> and if those were really clustered together like that, you'd think, oh, uh, United had a purple patch of good form and then a, a bad patch of form. But instead, right. it started with the draw at Liverpool. 
which was maybe like going to be the next match. Was it at Anfield or was it at Old Trafford? It was at Anfield. Uh, wow. Okay. Because I don't think we'd gotten even a point there. I don't think we'd scored a goal. We'd scored one goal there in twelve matches. Yeah. Insane. Um, but we got a draw against Liverpool where they took thirty-four shots to like our eight shots or something like that. Uh, but yet they didn't really have any compelling chances where you're like, how did they not score? You know, like. They, they they were taking lots of long shots. Onana made a few saves, but like an average number of saves. So those thirty four shots were like not efficient at all, and they really labored. A- admittedly, United we played a lot of defenders. <laughs> <laughs> we we we, pl- we we sat back and tried to counterattack, and we had one or two chances to actually win that game. Like Garnacho had a counterattack breakaway where you can't understand how he didn't score. So. Wow. So it would have been really unfair for us to beat Liverpool that day, but it could have happened. Uh, but we got a draw, which I thought we would lose 5 nothing. I'm guessing you thought something similar. A I mean, Liverpool's looking pretty good, but yeah, I, I wasn't, yeah. And then we were down 2 nothing a few, like a week later, uh, against Aston Villa. Uh, and Aston Villa at that point was tied for first. On points, yeah, and uh, they went also looking really scarily good in an annoying way right now. Yeah, they've made a lot of competent decisions. Like they don't have the insane depth of any of the other big clubs that are at the top, but like their best healthy eleven is really good and has been. Unai Emery prime, yeah, and Unai Emery is like one of those annoying managers. It's not like the best manager ever, but he can still fucking do you. Yeah. but we came back and scored three second half goals and it was exciting. It was an exciting match. Like it was the best match involving my club that's happened all season. Uh, and that was great. And I was feeling like pretty all right, but then sort of wedged in between there was, a, a, a yeah, again, it sounds like there's a trajectory for these of up and down, but it's not, it was trajectory. up, down, up, down. Yeah. It's like sex. Uh, except <laughs> but not I'm not in a good way every week <laughs> oh hickory dickory dock um all right so in this just, metaphor you'd be going up down up down great just saying well that's what it's like it's even worse yeah, yeah it means like your thighs are burning too don't slut shame me <laughs> um so we lost two nil to david moises west ham who you've got to admit are in the top six yes yeah, that's the other thing, is like what to make of them. Because they are another team that's like annoyingly a little bit too good. Well, they they were nearly relegated not too long ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they haven't changed that many of their core players. And they've lost to Declan Rice in that time. Yeah, I mean, they were nearly relegated like last year. And then, so yeah, we lost to them 2 nothing, and that sucked. And I was like, okay, I'm right back here in my feelings again. Mm. And, and the reason I named this episode uh, Zen and the Art of Inconsistent League Form, Jeff, is that it's honestly teaching me something. Like how frustrating and awful United have been this season is teaching, like, I'm very emotionally... Uh, involved in in watching these matches i it'll ruin my week or make my week like it's either plus 15 percent <laughs> or minus 50 percent for how i feel and it, this has been teaching me that i can't be like that because 
Otherwise, mm. like I'd be on suicide watch this year for how 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 much I'm starting a Monday like feeling depressed. I have to like be like it's just football. Like I need I'm needing to divorce myself a little bit from how much I I love this sport because it is fucking painful sometimes. It tr- it truly is. I mean, uh, what are you actually feeling at the beginning of a match right now? Like I'm going like here we go like like you can it's is it excitement or is it like just oh, like, like it's like running across the highway feel, feel, <laughs> like imagine you're running from one side of the highway <laughs> to the other side on foot as traffic's going by like there's a chance that you might make it and you'll feel like this yeah much of adrenaline and endorphins and there's a chance <laughs> you're getting hit by a fucking scion pretty good chance or multiple scions. That would be what's the most insulting car to have end your life? Because I think one of those giant square scions is up there. <laughs> a Jetta. Jetta is yeah, it's like it's sort of nice. What it's, if it's a Prius with the old school lift mustache on the hood that was like the oh yeah, like anything that anything with the mustache or like when you die, they're like getting traces of that pink hair out of your beard and shit, that would be tough. What about just a regular old-fashioned ice cream truck hitting you on the highway? Oh, see, I would put that top. Like, that's, like, one of the best ones. Because <laughs> that, that, like, that thing is full of dairy. Like, that is literally getting hit by a milk truck. Like, you, you're, you're going to be dead quickly, and it's going to be kind of hilarious in a good way. Like, at your funeral, there'll be a picture of you, like. But also, I'm normally full of dairy. So won't that have like more of like a multiplier effect? Oh yeah, uh, physics wise, you're right. It's like yeah. cheese hitting cheese. Like it'll just all explode. <laughs> when cheese hits cheese, famous famous thing that happens. Cut, cut to like Billy Crystal as one cheese and like Meg Ryan as the other <laughs> cheese. Just sitting on a couch. I'll have what cheese having. <laughs> oh. Uh, next topic. I hate, I hate me. Uh, so anyway, I, after these up and down results. Oh yeah, we didn't even say the uh, forest. We lost two one right. to forest, and that was fucking trash. Because Morgan Gibbs White, who is doing his, his best, uh, pissing me off with his face uh, <laughs> attempt right now. But like he he scored the winner. Uh, he should have been sent off for the exact thing. That uh, Diogo Dallo got sent off for during the Liverpool match was Dallo walked up to the ref and yelled about the fact that they gave uh, a throw in the wrong way, which replays showed Dallo was right to be mad. But the new policy is any descent to the ref turns into an instant yellow as a way to be like, don't don't come bitch at me, like don't don't scream at me, don't threaten the ref, don't try to influence the outcome. It's an instant yellow. But that particular ref decided that Dalo had mouthed off enough that he deserved two yellows in five seconds. Uh, oh, wow. Immediately. And we were lucky it happened towards the very end of the match or we could have lost uh, to Liverpool. It was like only six or so minutes we had to play a man down. But That's then insane. I didn't Morgan see that. gives White two consecutive yellow card-worthy challenges, kicks the ball away, and then screams in the referee's face, gets one yellow. Stays on the field, scores the winner. Wow! So like it's the I bitch about the inconsistency, and I feel like you, you'd hear it from a number of other soccer sure. podcasts and journalists. But like, 
just different fucking rules every week. You really don't know. It's it's like it's like an original Bible where where it's like however they interpret it is what God's word was, and it's very frustrating to to not know what the rules are because they change. Yeah, that's fucking very frustrating. Very weak. Have you had anything like that where you haven't had any players sent off for some bullshit? Have you? Well, it's interesting you say that because that did give me, it triggered me. I want to say this is either one or maybe two seasons ago. Martinelli got two yellow cards in the span of like 30 seconds and was gone. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, even if you can't argue with both, like they're both sort of yellow cards, but it's like, isn't that just like in the liner notes of the referee handbook that like you don't give two yellow cards immediately unless the guy really, really fucking deserves it. Like if you didn't call your mom a whore, let it go, you know? I heard someone using uh, the idealistic version of the cops as a way to explain, like, the referee's role should be keeping 22 players on the field. Like, their their job is to try and police the match in a way that keeps everyone mm. playing does not so that the product can be good. You, you This don't... person doesn't seem to know a lot about cops. No, but then that's the same way. The cops, <laughs> the cops are supposed to serve and protect. Sure. They're here to try and keep us all out of jail and all out of a grave. Like, that's really what they should be here for, when really... They're like uh, a hangover for like recovering slave owners, slaves. <laughs> like that's why we actually have cops. But like the, what we talk about is serve and protect. And, and the officials in a match should be here to protect the player's health yeah. and the quality of the product. Like it's how we, we, we should be here to have a good match. That's why sometimes it's better when a ref doesn't call every tiny little itsy bitsy foul because then that turns into a very staccato start stop. Right. Match. You 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 want to let it let the game sort of go a little bit, but trying to protect everybody. Yeah, this is a game of constant gray areas. But but with the two yellows for one descent, that to me, and I, I'm probably parroting Mark Goldbridge Goldbridge on this, but like, it's like, how dare you talk back to me? I'm sending you off the pitch as a punishment for daring to like. Yeah, like he crosses a line into I'm the ref, I'm the king. There's a like I I, I kind of feel about referees. Yeah, in a way, if I was also if I was to draw an analogy to another authority figure, it's almost like a parent, where like it really shouldn't be about vindictiveness. Like there are times where you just have to be right as a parent. You're like, I'm sorry, you do have to eat vegetables. Like I know it sucks. I actually don't like vegetables all that much myself. I wish we could just eat KFC and McDonald's every day. Not that I've had this conversation recently or every day of my life, but, but you know what I mean? Like there are some things that you just said, like, but it, if you get to that point of vindictiveness as a ref, then it's like, to me, that is something that belongs in the, you know, the match officials, uh, official write-up of the match or whatever. Like, it's like, yeah, you, you fucked that up. Like you got angry. Like you need to chill, bro. I agree with you, Jeff, but your visual of bringing this to like being a parent you need to start uh, a social media account where you <laughs> on Instagram anytime that your kids act up, you have a yellow and a red card in your pocket. <laughs> and the yellow card is like something that's like mildly annoying as a punishment, and a red card is like you're grounded. But like you just start filming and then it's uh, funny. You basically do like referee arm arm gestures and then you announce what the what the foul <laughs> is for, and then you just record all of them and post them. 
Oh man, it it would not be that much out of your way for you to turn into a viral media social media sensation. All I would have to do is sacrifice the mental health of my children, which is let's uh, be honest. I mean, how much of it could they possibly have left at this point? There's gonna be some Oedipus, like they're the two of them are gonna combine to kill you at some point. They're too they're too smart, they're too capable. You they're very smart. Start undermining them right now. I can't remember if I've told you this yet, but Lucy, they're very smart and they're very smart in different ways where I feel like they could like if they team up, they could basically equal a human or a, a human. They already a human. Uh, they could equal an adult. Um <laughs> they are human, goddammit. No one can prove otherwise. Um but the other day, Lucy, she sucks. She has such a little like strategy math brain. And she saw me playing Diablo. Uh, shout out to Diablo that we play occasionally. Um, maybe if people on Twitch comment that they'd like to see us play that, maybe we would like do a Twitch stream one day of us just that playing Diablo. Person, that one person that always watches would come. It would make their Twitch. fucking life. Um, but uh, I was going to say, so I'm playing the game. And if you've ever played it, you get like, a series of cool moves that you can kill monsters with. And some of them you get to do all the time. And those ones are not like that powerful. And then there are other ones that you only get to do maybe once every 30 seconds or every 45 seconds or something. And Lucy didn't really know any of this, but she intuited it and she was watching. And then right as like the counter clicked down, she was like triangle, that triangle. And I was like, wow, she knows. And she was correct. Um, I don't know. She's got like such a little head for numbers, whereas the other one is like, I don't know, very creative, very, I don't know, soft that's, skills. That's great because I know that you're someone who needs a Diablo caddy. Yeah. So I would always have to be like Jeff Potion. I'd have to. Yeah, like, don't die. Dude, there was so much of that that I literally didn't understand any of the game when you were here. Now I know I'm much better. Now you're a master. I did uh, beat, I beat Lilith single hand the other day. You did. Yeah. And now I get to, I finally two months into the season, I have unlocked like the first little bit of the seasonal content. Jeff, you're in the end game. I'm so proud of you. I know. And then it starts over again in like a week. Isn't that just a metaphor for life, though? And like living in mm. hell, like Diablo's really taught me a lot. I think I did read a really cool book about video game designers and uh, it's fiction, but like they get into like philosophy of video games. And that was one of the points that it made that I thought was, like, Ooh, that's a pretty good point. It's like the first thing that any video game does immortality. Like, how many lives do I get? Can I get infinite lives? You know, like, man, something deep about that. Isn't there? It's like we, as people don't want to die. Yeah. It's almost like death would kind of suck a little bit or like that. It would hurt when it happens to other people that you like. Well, Jeff, uh, post like New Year's Eve, I've been on this, oh my God, time is just slipping away kick. So you're definitely feeding that right now. And uh, mm, I'm attack live on the air, on the airwaves. Don't worry, we can't hear anything you've said this entire podcast. Your mic is don't, off. Don't say that. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ, man. I'm like already. Ha oh. All right, you had asked earlier, your, the question you wanted me to answer <laughs> yeah. earlier in this fucking episode was, eth out even with casemiro and martinez almost back so jeff's trying to get me to betray to judas iscariot uh the, the manager <laughs> of my club eric ten hog do i want to fire ten hog i don't see the point to firing him uh right now because i don't think there's any ma manager available that could swoop in and get us to champions league level 
uh, league finish, which is the only thing that's really left to play for. Uh, and you bring in a new manager that's not Eric Ten Hag, and then they look at the team and they're like, well, these are a bunch of Eric Ten Hag players. It's the same rinse and repeat cycle we've done for many years. You might as well just let them finish the season. Who gives a shit? Like, it's we won't be able to do any transfers until the summer. So, like, why? Like, yeah. who cares where you finish? If anything, just play the kids. Play, play the 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Give them starts. Let them show if they're good enough or not. And if they're not good enough, sell them. Well, that would be the kind of thing that a caretaker manager might do. But I think that this season's fucked. And his mandate should be like, we're not going to fire you. Just like try to coach up these younger players, mold them into what we need if they're not there yet. Yeah. Instead of playing like McTominay because you're trying to sneak a 1-0 win because winning's all that matters. I think development should be all that matters for the rest of the season. I mean, that makes sense. That does make me wonder in the new financial agreement, how key is the revenue year on year. Whereas like, are they, I, I guess from what you described earlier, it sounds like they're going to need the, they're going to need to make as much money as they possibly can with champions league re- revenue and whatnot, because otherwise they don't get that stipulated budget from the Glazers. No, you're, you're right. Uh, but like, fuck it. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I think that's like a legit answer is you're right, but fuck it. Cause like, also you're not going to win the champions league or anything else until you have a bunch of talent come through the pipeline. And we can't spend now. So it should be about between now and the end of next summer, figuring out who you could get 10, 15, 20 million pounds for, uh, start trying and having more competent people, hopefully trying to do those outgoing sales because we've clearly never, in this whole time the Glazers have been here, since David Gill left, we've had nobody competent selling players. Like we're we're always getting yeah. fucked. We're always we buy a player for seventy five and sell them for seventeen. Like that's that's where we're at. And we we need to just try and get an extra couple million here, an extra couple million there, and stockpile that for the summer. Uh, but yeah. So in the in the but in the short term, if you have these younger players and you give them Premier League starts. Does that not drive their value up for them selling it to a slightly shittier club later? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. Because there is a certain uh, fundraising aspect of that. We took, just quick... we took 10 million, I think, or maybe even slightly less for James Garner, who was our prospect central defensive midfielder that we sold to Everton because he really didn't have any Premier League experience uh, for us, at least. If we had played him 20 times, I bet you we could have gotten double or triple that amount of money. Mm. You know, so uh, just play the youth, leave Ten Hag alone for now. Like, do am I in love with him like I was last season? No, the the honeymoon is over. But like, I don't think action just to act right now would improve anything. I think they need to spend a few months like analyzing everything that's fucking wrong with the club and then draw up a plan and then just start executing that plan. I don't think the manager right now is, is actually the most important thing to worry about director of football. Get yeah. that philosophy baked in. This is the direction we're going in from now on. This is someone who has replicated that success at multiple big clubs so we're just going to trust – we're going to trust this is the person we're going to trust instead of letting our football coach do all of the transfer selection. Um, 
All right, Jeff. I'm sorry. I feel like we've talked about United most of this 40 minutes, but uh, bye-bye, Sancho. Jaden Sancho, it uh, has not been confirmed yet, but the the latest leaks and rumors are that Jaden Sancho is going to go on a short-term loan to Dortmund, back where he last had any success. But also, like, all I've heard is that, like, Dortmund and City both had huge fucking issues with him being on time and discipline and trying his hardest at practice and like i'm kind of surprised they want him back for alone like how is that even they've going? never done that before like all those young players they've sold that end up like kind of shitting the bed elsewhere like pulisic didn't go back obamian didn't go back i mean all those players Kago might have gone back oh uh, maybe okay and by say and by never i mean never that i could immediately recall with my alcohol and drug addled brain samples are manchester united transfers that did not work out and that you that Dortmund are getting back for free or for next to nothing. Yeah. So they they are I kind of am now convinced that Dortmund and Ajax are like the biggest fucking scammers. <laughs> everything <laughs> is crap. I think I I I think that this is this is the last this is the last chance saloon for him. I mean, he's such an exciting player and I thought you guys were so lucky when you got him. And to be fair, the whole time he's been at United, it's been a shit show. It hasn't been like it's just his fault, but he hasn't helped much. But when your discipline is the main issue, like there's a lot of players who haven't performed, but they're showing up to practice on time and they're yeah. they're doing the bare minimum to show that they feel grateful to be employed on mega million contracts. And he hasn't. And I kind of think he's like a little bit of a shithead now based on, you know, just his like childlike petulance. So there's such a thin line between because you need you do need a little bit of a childlike personality to be good at this game, I think. Do you? But there have been a lot of very responsible people to play the game and play it well. Not at forward. But he's not a forward. He's a wing. That, that doesn't matter. Being a goal scorer doesn't mean you get to be a twat whenever you want. Like you, I feel like it does. It not if you don't score goals, Jeff. Not if you don't make a save. Yeah, yeah. No, you have to back it up for sure. For he's, sure. He's paid like two hundred and fifty, whatever it is, three hundred something grand a week to do nothing and then be a dick. Okay, buddy. Bye. You've lost. Yeah. You've lost your fans. Would All you? Right. Man, I kind of, I kind of almost want him to come to Arsenal, though. I want him to come to Arsenal too. I'll let him, let him infect your watering <laughs> hole. Uh, all right, Jeff. Y y this is now, this is now switched into uh, the Arsenal. Now back to the good part. <laughs> now, all right, Arsenal. We have had quite a little holiday period. We went into Christmas after a similarly hard one point away at Anfield. Um, and we were, but not so similar to United. We were in first place. Um, we were top of the table, as they say, at the table. Um, and <laughs> pretty much immediately shit the bed from there. The curse. Do you believe in that curse of the, uh, the top of the table at Christmas curse? What? Like you're doing well, so you're going to get ahead of yourself and fuck it up. It's supposedly like a Madden curse, you know, like a, like a. Sports Illustrated cover thing, like it's like a well-known thing. We it happened for us last year for sure. I do think there's something to, if you're like, it's like on the game show Survivor, where like if you're the team that has the target on your back, you better fucking be hundred point 
non-injured De Bruyne City. You know what I mean? Like, well, doesn't it make sense for like? Sorry, I turned music on a few minutes. Yeah, I hear it. I don't know why. I was like, I'm waiting for it to make sense at all. <laughs> well, if you've ever done any like long distance race. There is something yeah. to that. Like you're you're almost setting the pace by leading the pack, but that allows yeah. someone to get angry who's a hundred feet behind you and like power past you because you don't know you need to be running faster than you're running. Right. Uh, and maybe maybe that is the case, but like <laughs> I don't know. I think you just rather have the points in the bag. I think you'd rather be in first place. Like like how someone says. Yeah. A two nil lead is the most dangerous lead in right. Like, <laughs> like no, it's not. Yeah, but I'd love <laughs> to be two nil up. I guess is the place. Yeah, that yeah. Two nil up and two nil down. We're right where I want them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Checkmate again from placing, your friend placing, Eric Ten Hag. Placing their gun to my temple. I've got this suspect. <laughs> <clears throat> um. So I I don't know, man. The. I think that you're still in the hunt because nobody's been the clear runaway. Like it's really just Liverpool have been difficult to defeat and that's about it. Like, but maybe over the next few weeks, uh, Salah-less Liverpool might stumble. It would behoove Arsenal to, to get maximum points over the, over the January fixture list. Yeah. It's going to be kind of insane for that. Cause we have both, I mean, we're getting, we're going to get into this in more detail later, but, like the Asia and AFCON like spit roasts that we're going for this season in the Premier League, like that's gonna definitely have an effect. Thank um, God Arsenal is so racist though that none of their players are from either of those confederations, right? It's just all ours. Yeah, it's just all Brexit. I wanted to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arsenal is a fully team of all English blokes. That's what they're known as. Going back to their former captain in the eighties. Do you remember? Do you remember the British core? It was like kind of at the height of the Arsene Wenger fucking up um, phase, where it was like all. It was basically just like we did have. To be fair, there's like a bunch of like good academy guys, and some of them were not even academy guys. They're just British, but like it was like Walcott, Ramsey, um, Wilshire, and like I think uh, I think it, and but like there were other guys that were like tacked on like carl jenkinson who like maybe weren't the same pedigree but they were all in there and uh wenger said like basically you're welcome i just gave you the the england team for the next 10 years and i was like mm, i don't know if that worked but I, look, but I look at your current team jeff and i'm thinking about all the players that do damage for you and they're like none of them are from asia or from africa they are from south america and europe so like Most i look part. at i look at spurs and I look at Liverpool and I'm like, they're losing their like yeah. talismans to both of these tournaments. So like I was kidding about the Brexit shit, but like you're you're well positioned to avoid any of the blowback from this. But that this is and I'm not trying to take away from your eventual uh roster conversation, but like Arsenal first at Christmas, fourth at New Year's. Who cares, man? You're only a few points behind. Yeah. And I do think like ultimately the results go up and down. The the one that's concerning to me is the Fulham one because the Fulham one, Arteta basically that was the one like right by New Year's, and Arteta said like that's our worst performance of the year. It's bad, and then that coming off the back of West Ham, where that felt a lot more like one of those games. Like sometimes you're just gonna go to play a team, you're gonna take thirty shots, 
and they're not going to go in, but it's like, overall, you're still functioning as a football team. You just didn't finish. And like, there's a little bit of luck in that. I think that one I could stomach the Fulham one looked a little weak and you do every now and then you just look like at a guy like say Saka or whatever. And you'd think like, fuck, maybe that guy's tired after carrying this team for several years. Or, or he's having his, and it's probably not even a fully sophomore slump, but it feels like a sophomore slump where when you come up as a young phenom and you perform so well, and then you give other clubs enough data to like scout you out and figure out maybe a way to neutralize you, and then you've got to reinvent yourself, or you've got to add new tricks, or you've got to like evolve. And a lot of the best players do do that, but like I, I, he's maybe just having kind of a tough season and. And we st- and I sound like a broken record, but we still don't know the knock-on effect of like the World Cup and, and yeah. like, just the non-stop nature of all of this, of all yeah. the football that has been forced down our throats by late-stage capitalism. So and uh, guess what? The we got not only do we have the Afcon and Asian Cup of Nations, but we have the Euro coming up just in a, in a few short months. And then wh- when is the Club World Cup? Is that this year or the year after? I think that's also this year. Although I don't know if Arsenal are even involved in that. Thankfully, you should just have like one day where it's just like football burials, and it's just all the people that die playing football from all the football, and we could just like watch out, Jaden Sancho, like a, like a dying eleven. I think you name your all dead team. What was that song they would always play at the Oscars? Oh fuck! You know what I'm talking about when they do the montage of all the dead people. I can't remember, but I it's like in memoriam, but I, I can't remember like the through the years that one. I did not uh, see. I don't think I saw the defeat. Oh, I might have seen half of the Fulham game. I think I saw the first half. What what was missing? Like what's what what's broken? Was it cha- it wasn't chance creation? It sounds like. I mean, I think the Fulham one, they basically just batten down the hatches. But, well, the Fulham one, we weren't creating chances. Like, I think from the 67th minute on, we didn't even have a touch in their box, which is pretty fucking weak. Um, whereas, I think the West Ham one, it was just like, we just didn't shoot. You know, like, if we'd put it in the back of the net, it would have been fine. Was it a Raul Jimenez? Raul Jimenez? Jimenez? Yes, Jimenez, probably. So, uh, Hector and Julio, uh, friends of the pod, uh G- GFOPs. GFOPs. Basically, they were, they, uh, Hector, we're on a, a text thread, and Hector, as, as you know from his uh, visit to the pod, a uh, big Arsenal fan, was very upset that uh, Mexico national team hero was the reason that Arsenal <laughs> took home no points. He was pretty devastated by that. So yeah, he, tough he one. A shout out. Uh, sorry, buddy. That does suck. Yeah. Fix it. I feel like I totally wasted this thread when we were talking about this a minute ago, but the OGs of XG underperformance. Not even that good, actually, now that I say it. Probably wasn't worth reading aloud. You should just measure OG as like a little O and a G, and then it has a number. So it's like <laughs> how OG you are. <laughs> yeah, it's measured in snoops. It's measured yeah, it's measured in snoops. <laughs> it should just be the year that you started being the OG. It should be like, oh, you, your OG number oh, is 53. Oh, I like that. Damn, he's been OG since 53. I don't even know if I would have an OG number yet. I think I'd still be like a, probably not even G. <laughs> um, well, so what? So Arsenal uh, creating a lot of chances but not finishing them? Because I thought you guys scored a lot of goals. So 
We do, but I, I, I have looked and let's see on, <laughs> I was going to actually sort of give you like a little mini quiz here, but then I accidentally sent you the answers, but you probably don't have them pulled up. But uh, I was going to say in terms of the XG numbers, who do you think is most uh, underperforming out of the top five? The good news is when you you sent me that uh, diagram and I couldn't fucking read it. I was like, I don't understand what any of these things are saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think I remember City, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool. Yeah, so right now, Liverpool, Aston Villa, City, Arsenal, Tottenham are sort of like the top five in there based on uh, XG. But essentially, we're like the only one out of those that are underperforming. We're like, we should, we ought to be scoring more than we are. So I think ultimately a lot of that it's going to average out over time. It just sucks when, you know, it doesn't happen. The problem happen. is Jesus either is hurt coming back from being hurt, uh, trying to play his way back from injury, or it's Enketia, which feels like he can really only bully the shittier teams. Like, he's probably not scoring a hat trick against PSG in the Champions League, is he? Yeah. He, he strikes me as a guy that would be a very serviceable option at, like, a Nottingham Forest or a... Brentford, you know, there's a lot of teams that he would like work well in, and I think he's very good. He could and who knows? Brentford. Hopefully, he proves me wrong. But like, if Brentford are conceivably going to sell Ivan Tony to one of the top six clubs in the next few weeks, like, yeah, I could see Enketia going to Brentford to replace him in the summer. Like it would that. make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? I, I I think that would make a ton of sense. I don't know. I. I, I wonder whether Ivan Tony would actually be a very helpful player for Arsenal. Do you would you want him at United? Yeah. I guess you guys need more bodies he's really, than we do. He's really good. He scores lots of goals. He can do hold up play. He's physical. He's fast. He's he he can score like pretty insane goals. I. The only but do you think that he you do you think he could do build? I, the one thing that I worry with him is could he do build up? You know what I mean? Like, is he going to be a fun passing partner for Bruno or Odegaard or, you know, whoever's team we're talking about? He's not Mr. Chance creation with the pass, but I feel like he can participate and build up in the way that a forward normally is expected to. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like, I, from the memories that are flashing across my brain right now, I I think he's capable. He's not, but, like, how Jesus is almost more of a false nine type of... Yeah, he's not that. He's not that, but... He can score goals, which I have heard is crucial. I've heard that's a good thing to do. Uh, missing a forward. So then then who, yeah. do you, who do you want? What is the Arsenal sphere talking about? The Arsaverse? I mean, if we had longing for. Snag Victor. Is his name pronounced Osiman? Osiman, I think. Ozeman, if, if buying him two years ago would have been a good idea. I don't know. I think any anyone that I know that would actually sort of step in and immediately be better than like Inkedia and Jesus is like either they don't exist or we can't afford them. But I do think like we probably need something that isn't a false nine. You know what I mean? Just to have another thing to throw at players. You, re I mean, really, like Enkedia is a striker. He's just not a great striker. Yeah, we need something great right now. It feels like like young kids are growing up allergic to scoring goals because it's, it sounds like gluten. 
Papa Vangs, Papa Vangs, Arsene Wenger talks about that quite a bit. How he well, thinks that like trends in positional like density. Well, partially like that, but he thinks there's also there are less good strikers than there used to be because he thinks striker is a position that you learn to be good at by playing street ball. And like one way or the other, you learn to sort of like, I don't know, basically through graft win up there. And like, there's a lot of, you know, like if you go through some sort of French Academy, you're going to learn the technical skills on how to like pass well in a midfield. Like there's just so many people who can do that now like way more than any, you know, it's crazy to watch football from 20, 30 years ago. And it's like, what are they, are they doing? Whereas the one thing that you like, you can't mechanize it or like sort of industrialize the process as much as like, what are you going to, what are you going to do with this forward? That's going to make him just want the ball more in the air. You know, like you think about like, like how can you, you can't coach that poaching instinct quite as easily it just has to sort of come. I don't know. It's it's the, the way it's the way the game has changed. You know, there's every country has their version of it, but like it's probably not on the travel soccer teams that you're meeting a guy. You know, like that wasn't where Clint Dempsey was coming up, right? Like right. he's probably our best striker striker that we've had. Do do we think though that this trend, if it continues, will that change the way that the game is played? I mean. I mean, it does feel like there's never been as many false nines as there are now. Like, it used to be such a wild card tactic that people were like, ooh, false nine. Like, and now it's it's almost just the standard way of doing business for a lot of elite teams. Like, because it's like, well, all right, let's just create an extra five chances a game and hope that our five foot three Brazilian manages to like sock one away. Or that the, that the wingers are being asked, like, how Salah yeah. isn't a striker, but he's always doing the strikers right of scoring more so than Firmino ever did certainly and more so than that Darwin Nunez who I mean he <laughs> couldn't hit on someone at a bar much less score a goal I don't know if that worked <laughs> no I think it worked I think it, I think he landed that one quite nicely he speaking of he the team that Darwin Nunez fuck he couldn't score 100 on his SATs Oh, nice. Because that's what you get for putting the name in, right? That's Darwin Nunez. Just sizzling right now. Darwin Awards Nunez. Oh, that's actually pretty good. If if, if people started nicknaming him Awards. Because <laughs> he does score. He, he does do some stupid stuff. He doesn't. But he, he seems so, like it's so confusing when you have someone so full of talent. And then you think I, as a as a fan, could make better sort of instinctive <laughs> choices when it comes to scoring goals. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. He's kind of a freak of nature in that way that he's so good, but yet so. But even like the ones that he doesn't score, over here, like, like that is like technically speaking a good finish. You wrapped your foot around it. It's curling like very. You know, it's an It's like I'm not even just the build up to it, but the actual shot is incredible. But it did not count as a goal. Or it's at the keeper's <laughs> chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or at the the corner of the post or whatever. He loves a post. But it's Darwin. As much as everyone loves to always say, but I think we'll come good. I think we'll come good though. I, th I think. Yeah. We'll, I think we'll be good. I but did. That shows you what a hundred million wasn't it like he a hundred million pounds or yeah. like if it wasn't a hundred million, it was something up there like a seventy, eighty, ninety. That's what out that of Portugal. Like, which team? Portugal. Yeah. But like 
that's what that buys you. Someone who like is so unpolished that you need to say, I think he'll come good. And same for with hundred million. Rasmus yeah. Hoyland at what was he, 70 million pounds, something like that? Like he just scored he scored his first goal, by the way, uh, in that Aston Villa win. We kind of skipped past it, but like Garnacho Brace Hoyland with the winner. He's got one goal in the Premier League in like 15 appearances. That's what 70 million pounds gets you, is maybe if we cook him in the oven a little bit more, he'll be ready later. Yeah. Wild times. But you you bringing up uh, Ozeman, uh Napoli paid like a hundred and something million for him like four years ago, three years ago. So like if you want to buy him, he's going to cost more than Rice cost. So like do you know where Arsenal's like FFP budget slack I don't think we have a ton of it right now, to be honest. Because I think I know that they they structured the Raya deal at goalkeeper to of to basically give us an extra year to pay them twenty million. So I think things are sort of tight. I mean, I would I would love for that to change over the course of this spring. You know, if we could go a little deeper in the Champions League than we have in years past, um, that would go a long way. I think even just like around in rather than losing immediately in the knockout phases, which is our typical thing to do. Um, like, you know, you start stacking up $40 million checks. I hear that that is good finance. Do, do you think that you're getting a lot of money from selling youth, youth players, like players we're not discussing? Is that something that's happening? Or I know you, it was, was it Reese Nelson? Um, Reese, Reese is still around. We re-signed him for some reason, and then he, we just made him rot on the bench. Well, I just it's it's either him or one of those other sort of peripheral midfield players that you're putting up for sale. Yeah, I think he'll probably be up for sale. There's like a there's like a young guy Patino that's going to be up for sale. I mean, in, in years past, we sold um, what's his name up to Newcastle. Um, not Reese, the other one that I always got them confused. Um, anyway. I think there's a little bit of that. And we definitely, we've gotten, like, we sold Oxlade Chamberlain for decent money. We sold Iwobi for decent money. So I think we've gotten better with the sales. But who knows? I mean, Ramsdale is probably going to be sold. But I don't, like, there's debate whether it'll happen in January because I think we still need a second goalkeeper, unfortunately. The internet sparked over Reese Nelson putting his three million pound England mansion, England, his London mansion up for sale. Yeah, so, like, that's the whole like he's he's ready to to move to another club somewhere. Fair enough. I don't know why he didn't do that last year. It was like a contract year, and he had an amazing little like cameo performance in Arsenal. Like they they must have really sold him on the vision this year. And I don't. He was a youth player, so like I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there is there's like a romance to like wanting to not only make your make your debut for your club at the senior level, but like. Play make an them. impact like, yeah it'd be, it'd be like an official part of it yeah and i mean to be fair he's been good whenever we like i think in terms of goals and assists per minute he was leading arsenal last year because he just didn't he didn't have the minutes but then why doesn't he get them well and especially when you look at Saka, who we're, we just keep constantly asking him to play 90 minutes and like the way that he plays where he's getting kicked and kicked and kicked it's like Maybe a couple games of Reese would buy us a couple years of Saka, which I think is a pretty good, you know, transaction. Wait, explain that to me. Why? Why is it 
turning into no i mean i mean like if we were to play reese more often now to give Saka more rest here and there i see you're saying then we could elongate his career theoretically years assuming he stays at arsenal and doesn't go to psg <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't we don't want his real madrid days to be cut short come on yeah all right, Jeff, you wanted to make some sort of a point with... Uh... Oh, wait, did we just skip Liverpool Sunday? Oh, uh, no. Well, that's who Arsenal have on the horizon this week. Uh, I believe in an FA Cup match. But... um, well, see, that would explain it, because you've also played them semi-recently, because that is the next... Yeah. Um, which will be interesting, because I think... I mean, we played them at Anfield, and we got the draw, and I thought that was a pretty decent result for us because we also seem to suck ass at Anfield and Liverpool seem to be coming on right at the perfect time this season. Um, and so I was okay with that. It'll be interesting to see them play then. And then unfortunately Arsenal are going to be wearing their all white kits. Have you seen these before? I have not. It's, it's part of an anti um, knife violence campaign that Arsenal have where it's called no more red and they it's literally white on white on white the kit we've only worn them once before and we got knocked out by a then uh championship level nottingham forest in the cup and i have to say they're ugly and stupid and i hate them and they're cursed and they ought to know that they're cursed and the fact that i have to tell them that i have to be brought on as head of football cursing operations is crazy i think it's funny that they have to do an anti-knife violence campaign and i think didn't i see someone get robbed in a mcdonald's in brixton at knife point in london yeah dude probably <laughs> dude this is kind of scary the park that i go to almost every day um there was like a little 16 year old boy that got um stabbed to death there on new year's eve and i didn't find this out until like i came back after i was out of town for a couple days around new year's and then i went down there to go do like my workout and they had it's a weird park because a lot of parks in London, they can like shut the gates and like there's a certain time of day where they're like no more people. Um, but this one is Primrose Hill. They do not. And um, they had to like they had these makeshift gates up and they were there were police in huge like police lines, like every couple feet walking, looking for evidence. Um, I don't know. looks pretty fucking gnarly. What's that? Were there any cops on horseback? I was just hopeful that there were. No, although we usually get quite a few cops on horseback in London. I actually, I just received, speaking of police operations, I just received a verbal warning the other day in that same park because for like the last like 20 yards out of the park, I started riding my bike and then another police officer who was also on a bike saw me and then I immediately cowered like a coward where I fucking, I saw him and I started getting off my bike like, Ugh! and then he he, gave, he stopped me and gave me a verbal warning and I felt like a dumbass. Did he laugh at you as well? <laughs> he should have because it was like, it was clear that I was like, I was like exactly like the little boy at school who was been caught like stealing something out of a cookie jar, probably cookies. Um, and like, he was just like, oh, <laughs> like, and like the way that I was kind of like getting off my bike as, as soon as I saw him, like as like just admitting to him basically that I knew it was wrong and shouldn't be doing it. Uh, goodness. I was trying to imagine what like ridiculously not bad sounding thing you would have gotten a verbal warning for. Like you you crump it with the wrong end. Like something, yeah. something where it's like you, you That's just Vegemite, not Marmite. <laughs> some social faux pas. 
Yeah. All right. So you you're are you gonna get are you gonna purchase one of these bloodstained jerseys? It sounds like it could be a collector's item. Oh god, I really don't want one. They're not bloodstained though. They're that's the thing. They're all white, which is funny because they'd be like a great shirt to stab someone in. It would be like so Jackson Pollock esque. Like they're the best stabbing shirts in the world. What if it's what if it was all white and then they had it so that way if when it, either when you sweat or when it it rains or any sort of water gets on it it turns to red like oh I kind of like that like a Gatorade is it in you thing but that would make it confusing if you're playing on a team and this is meant to be a uniform and you're all in various states of metamorphosis mm, that's a good point yeah yeah playing against a red team by the end of the game you look just like them <laughs> no. Looking back, the uh, the Rorschach test theme that we went with tonight was uh, not good for team unity nor vision. Messi's kit has like the face of Christ just sort of like appear in, in red. And they're like, chest. that's not even supposed to happen. We just gave him a normal shirt. What the fuck? All right. Uh, how fuck it up it will you be during the AFCON and Asian Cup? For Arsenal it's a bit of a good news, bad news situation where the good news is it's not going to change much. And the bad news is because the few players that we have that would have been going to these tournaments are already hurt. And so Thomas party, he's out. Um, and actually weirdly because of this, I felt like they sort of soft play, you know, like Arteta is very cagey about what he says about injuries. And it seemed like he was just sort of out with a knock for a while and he was floating around. I was like, all right, when are we going to see him back? Is he going to be back for Christmas? And then now because Ghana, um, his national team has commented on this, basically they've said like, no, he needed surgery. And like, everybody knew that this was a longer term injury. So he's going to be out for a while, like to the point where you wonder, you know, a, if he'll be fit and B, if he'll be informed this season, um, and that sort of came out because of the uh, African Cup of Nations. And then the one guy that I think we really will miss, um, Tomiyasu, because Ben White is nursing an injury. And so on that right side where we had both Ben White and Tomiyasu, and for much of the season, it was kind of a you know embarrassment of riches. Uh, now will suddenly be an embarrassment of poverty, which is not as good. <laughs> An embarrassment of poverty is worse than an embarrassment of riches. I, am I would say, shocked. like, I'd barely be like, "Oh no, <laughs> you just caught me putting on my my gold line Gucci." <laughs> How embarrassed! Like versus, like, oh, you you saw me saw me drinking piss because I didn't I couldn't afford normal drinks or something. That would be like way more embarrassing. I can't tell you how many times I've seen you drinking piss and not <laughs> judged you. Yeah. Because you're like, dude, you actually could afford normal drinks. This is just something for This is a kink for you, I guess. All right, Jeff. What, <laughs> what is... But wait, you didn't You didn't say, so will you guys be heavily oh. fucked for... Uh... You guys are similar to us. It's a lot of Europeans and South Americans, huh? Yeah, so so the main issue will be... It looks like it'll be Onana, Diallo. Oh, that is a big issue. one more I'm forgetting but I don't think it's anyone important. But the thing about Onana is he keeps, he's been so shit that he's afraid to go away for a few weeks. Let the yeah. Turkish backup play. And if the Turkish backup is more <laughs> stable, he's afraid to oh, lose his job. Interesting. So he's going to play against Wigan, play against Spurs. 
and then fly out right after Spurs and play the first game is like play a match of the AFCON the next day. Wow. So we play be playing two matches within 24 hours. I kind of uh, like the priorities there. I like I like the guys that like prioritize the club game, like especially for these like secondary tournaments. Or don't go. Yeah. That's, that would that's be that would be great. How how many players is City losing? Zero. Mm. And it's it's just like oh man, you know, like our players just happen to have these injuries that happen like just as the international break, uh, as the international period begins. So like I think they're just gonna need to stay here. That's what that that is what happened with like the the Ghana coach was basically just completely repeating the talking points of the Arsenal medical staff. And he's like, yeah. And those guys have been so nice to give me like all this, like key information that I, I don't even have to look for myself. And he's just going to stay in London for like this really important tournament for us, even though he's a key piece of our team. And I'm like, wow, keep drinking that fucking Arsenal medical department. Kool-Aid bud. But also if he is injured for sure, like there's really nothing they can do in that case. You might as well just try and, not have a PR. Sure. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, why waste a roster spot, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Exactly. Uh, and you know my thoughts on that particular player. Yep. Um, what is the next topic, Jeff? I didn't understand. Lastly, so I just attended the play that is closing in the West End last night, Dear England. And this sounds like a SNL bit if SNL cared about the Premier League. But it's basically like a biopic of um, it's not a pick, but it's a biopic of Gareth Southgate, essentially. Um, and yeah, so it's a bioplay. Um, but it was it was really well done. It was hilarious. Um, Rachel went with me. She got about half the jokes and half the accents. So I think she liked it significantly less than I did. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I thought it was so well done. So if and when it like goes on tour or whatnot, I suggest that you see it. Um, yeah, it has, it, it covers, it starts with his penalty. I kind of didn't know this about him, but maybe you remember, but in 96, he missed the penalty against Germany that got um, England knocked out in the semi or in the quarters, I think um, from the world cup against Germany. Yeah. And Basically, he brought in this like Australian psychologist. Wait, the 96th and World Cup? I, there wasn't a '96 World Cup. That would have been the Euro. I guess that would have been the Euro. Sorry. Um, yeah, because you're right. '94 was US, right? Um, anyway, he, they, I don't know. They talk about like he kind of brings in this sort of kinder, gentler sports psychology in order to like deal with this like you know massive monkey that had been on the back of. Um, you know, England for so long where I think they'd never won in like a major tournament. They'd never won a penalty shootout. Um, and they sort of broke that curse. Um, but then it also, it keeps going and they, it shows that like, you know, they never really quite brought football home. So, but it, it, I don't know. I thought it was great. And if you like football and you like plays, then you'll like it. Gun to your head. When is England bringing football home? You know, what's kind of scary. I think if they don't do it in the next 10 years, then I don't know if they ever will again. Because I think that the rest of the world is catching up and like England doesn't have some advantage really in terms of producing homegrown talent. Ultimately, it's a very small country. Like it's, it's a small country that happens to host the best league in the world. But it's like, I don't know, having like the six homegrown players on City that never touch the field 
How much is that really going to fucking help you win a World Cup? Not that much. That and everywhere else is getting better and better and better and better. I think that if they don't do it soon, they're never going to do it again. Jeff, that's fair. But the money coming into the Premier League and the league table, mm. and that gradually inflating everything like that means that that there's more money being spent on player development and there's more money being spent on trying to make young gems to sell to the premier league clubs that want them right think of think of a, a country that's more than capable of producing more bellinghams i mean they literally have produced more bellinghams uh <laughs> got a few extras they've got like kirkland brand bellingham and job <laughs> bellingham but like i think that you're we're England, historically, from my understanding, yes, had some technique, but it was a lot of, like, really good athletes, a lot of really good sort of, like, player IQ players, and, like, a lot of, like, you know, mud-in-their-face diving header striker types for the longest time. And it's only been kind of post-Beckham that, like, a lot of the of the younger England players are developing, like, more technique and, and like being able to mirror more like the players coming out of like your Spain's, your Brazil, yeah. your Argentina's and the, to the point where they're now going to like your, your real Madrid's and you've got Harry Kane as a striker for Bayern Munich. I feel like the, the profile of the, of the best of the best of the best of the, of English players has actually gone up. Hmm. I don't know. I think that, I think that there's a, there's always a bias towards recency, you know, like the guys that have been good lately, they seem like they must've been better, but like, I mean, England was producing Balanda or winner, you know, Michael Owen, Wayne Rooney, like these guys were not lightweights. It's not like they've, they've always had some superstars, arguably maybe more star power than on field power at times, because the British press, they don't really want to write about like Croatian midfielders that, you know, whose names they can't pronounce. They want to, they, it, there's something great about a hometown story. And so I think there are guys that maybe get a little more credit than they should in the UK. And like the, the expectations get built up higher than they should. But so you think again, British youth overhyped and therefore they'll never. Eh, no, it's like, here's the thing. There, there's great, there's great British players right now. There are, you know, the, the Bellinghams and the Sakas and the, you know, the Kane, as you mentioned, although I think he's kind of going to be washed up pretty soon. Um, I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> um, I don't know. There, there are really great players that come up, but I think ultimately, you like, this is a nation, they're like, what, the size of, uh, I don't know. They're like between Uruguay and Portugal in size. So like in terms of like population and whatnot, like deep down, they're like, supposed to compete with Germany and Brazil and Argentina for how long? France. But financially, you know? I feel like the UK, like more the money is what's allowing younger players to be identified at younger ages and yeah. given top tier coaching and like their lives change because of how much money is involved. I think it's just gonna make, like the potential re more fully realized there's probably a lot of great players over the years that have fallen through the cracks, especially in nations where there's not a lot of money spent or there isn't money to, to really to, to, to mirror just the, the amount that's spent in the Premier league specifically is like, I just think it's its own gravitational pull. I yeah. Raise there's the probably level. some truth to that too. 
But maybe that just means that they become a team that becomes a sort of quarterfinal level team that ought to be more of a group stage team. Wow, man, you, 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 who are our fans of this podcast? It's a, it's going to be Americans that watch Premier League, but don't have feelings about England. Come at me, bro. Come at me, England fans. No. And there's also um, like a liberal leaning conscience about like sexual and assault and domestic abuse. Pretty niche. Yeah. Niche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're basically that the Portlandia uh like women's book cl- uh bookstore like that's yeah. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly I don't know how we didn't come to that earlier but that's exactly us. <laughs> um one of us is Fred Armisen in drag and one of us is just Carrie Brownstein staring a hole through someone's head. <laughs> um I will leave you with one hilarious thought, not as hilarious as Portlandia. But um Harry Maguire, so all of, like, the team, like, the England team, not all of them, but, like, the key players kind of are, like, characters in the show, and Harry Maguire is, like, a key character because he's sort of Southgate's boy. Wait, in the the play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like... It's very contemporary, like, the reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it goes all the way through the most recent World Cup, um, which is kind of wild. But they, like... not be touring to America at all. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not to America. Maybe. I think, like, there might be a little bit of a market now, but they... They um like basically everyone in it is kind of doing an impersonation the whole time, but like it's like not quite all like hamming it up. But both Harry Maguire or and Harry Kane, um, they have just these hilarious, like just like dumb or like responding to things five seconds too late and stuff like that, like when they're talking like no good words, but uh <laughs> like they were just for that alone, I think you would get a kick. So, Jeff, at the end of this month, I can go to a theater in Santa Monica no one's ever heard of and watch the play as a movie. Oh, interesting. I didn't know they were going to do that. I wonder, it, it, it was also, like, if you're into that kind of stuff, it, the stagecraft of it was really neat. Or, like, not stagecraft, probably the wrong word, like the uh, the set and whatnot, where, because it's basically just, like, this giant, like digital screen and projectors everywhere. And so like when you're in Russia, they're like projecting that up on the background. And then like, they're like, they, they use it as a scoreboard at times. And like, it's very like the only thing in the set is each player has a locker that they like push in sometimes. Is there ever someone kicking a ball with a foot? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Although most of the time they're kicking an imaginary ball. Oh, I, see, I don't know what the right answer is, but somehow that one disappointed me. I'm like, you can't do air air soccer. They have like they have the sound. The sound effects guy was must have been working hard, though, because like he would be like getting it just right when all the little people are touching it. OK. All right. Well, I mean, fun. I guess I'd give it a chance. You told me to do it oh, real quick before. If you it's going to be a movie, though, just wait and give it a chance. Then fuck going to Santa Monica before you go. What are you watching, bitch? What am I watching? Ooh, what am I? Uh, I'm watching the bear. I'm watching the bear. I like that. Um, I think I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in season. The latest season. Maybe not. Then maybe I'm in season one still. I can't talk about it without ruining it for you. So I guess we'll never know. What are you watching? I cannot wait every week for the newest episode of Amazon's Reacher. Really. It's wow. TV at its finest. It's it's basically what like a good a, little capitalist you are. 
with S Class Dad TV. You each episode has like action movie level action sequences. Wow. It's also like witty banter and like figuring it out who done it type stuff. It scratches a lot of itches. Huh. It's better than the Tom Cruise movie that predated it. Wow. Might have to give that a shot. Give it a go. Uh, shall I play that funky music, White Boy? Play the funky music. And if you're in London, come see the non recyclables uh, next week. January January 11th. We'll be at No Horse Down. Um, come check it out. Come see my Instagram at Vitkin and you can get tickets for free. Free takes. You know what you know what they say about the non recyclables? They're not recyclable. The trash. Oh. Need the suckers. Need the suckers. A sucker podcast. That probably won't last. Need the suckers. Need the suckers. Skyler and Jeff. Don't know how to. Ryan?